1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Aviation Pros podcast. I'm Joe Petrie, Editorial Director for Aviation Pros. Recent crash landing of the Red Air jet at Miami International Airport was an important reminder for the need of properly trained and equipped ARF teams at airports. Despite crashing and skidding down the runway and catching fire, there were no fatalities and only a handful of injuries. I recently spoke with Ben Sokol, lead ARF program instructor for Fox Valley Technical College, located at the ATW ARF Training Center at Appleton International Airport, about the challenges first responders face on the airfield and what airports need to think about now to ensure their teams are ready for a major incident. Well, Ben, thank you for coming and joining us today for this conversation. I think it's really important to have, uh, especially in the events of uh, recently at Miami International Airport, where they had a you know emergency situation that arose with the Red Air crash landing. So, I think it's a good time to just refresh on some of the things that ARF crews need to know, and you know things airports need to be considering. So, my first question is, is let's talk about a little bit and tell me about some of the common challenges that ARF teams face when responding to an incident and how an underprepared crew might not be able to properly address these challenges. Sure,
0: one of the the main challenges that we face uh, in aircraft firefighting is is actually personnel. Um, Making sure that we have adequate personnel and they're properly trained and and ready to respond is is sometimes um, a little bit of a challenge. To make sure we have uh, the right people in place, and they're not only trained but comfortable with their equipment and how to they respond. Uh, and they're very familiar with with the plan um, based on on what we're responding to. Uh, some of the other common challenges can be simply access to the scene. You know, we're, most of us that work in airports, we're very familiar with our airfield and surrounding area, um, and we think about those taxiways and those runways that we can normally drive down to get to an emergency scene, but in an emergency scene depending on what we're faced with some of those avenues may not be accessible to us it might be blocked by debris um, evacuating uh, passengers other vehicles um, you know, the wind keeping driving smoke across those where it's not a safe avenue of approach so uh, thinking about preparing for accessing different parts of your airfield and the surrounding area from different um roads is very important having having uh not only your primary, but your your secondary or complementary uh, access routes and standby locations is going to be very important, and making sure that everybody is aware of those and know exactly where they're supposed to go given the incident that we're facing. Um, another really common challenge is going to be um, agent. You know, Most aircraft uh, apparatus are going to have a, a certain amount of, of water, foam, and complementary agents, whether that's dry chem or clean agent on them. Um, getting resupplied is often a challenge. Most airfields do not have much as far as water resupply. So you could have a 1,500-gallon ARF truck um, that you know we can refill that that water tank two or three times um, to be able to use up all of our foam and be able to sustain that fight and 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 create that rescue path. But once we run out of that 1,500 gallons, how do we resupply? Uh, so we have to train with. And have a good plan with our mutual aid or automatic response from outside the airport to make sure that we can get resupplied make sure that we can continue the fight um, and that's going to be a bit of a challenge uh, sometimes some airports are located in areas where they just don't have a lot of uh, mutual aid or automatic aid nearby you know that could be a, a 10 or 15 minute response for those those outside agencies um, another common challenge is going to be familiarity with the aircraft sometimes we get these these emergency situations and it's not an aircraft that we're Overly familiar with, which can cause a little bit of anxiety while you're uh, while you're responding, because it's not an aircraft that you just know inside and out because you've been studying it and working around it for for quite a while. Um, so knowing the the basics of the the category of aircraft and the common challenges uh, with that aircraft, and having a good plan for an unknown aircraft is going to be very important for us to be able to uh, overcome those
1: challenges. Make sure that we are prepared uh, in the event something like this does happen. Now, there's a lot of considerations you just mentioned there. So tell me a little mm-hmm. bit, what are some of the basic elements an airport needs to have in order for its RF crews and equipment for that matter to make sure they're ready to handle an emergency response? Well, making sure that we have the
0: right type of apparatus uh, and the right number of crews for our index of, of airport is going to be very important, which you know, more or less across the board, everybody's got that down. Um, making sure that we have that stuff in place, we have the right equipment, we have the right people, they're well-trained, making sure they're familiar with the airport emergency plan is going to be very critical. Uh, they have to know their role and then practice that role. And that doesn't just go to you know, the, the on-airport responders. That also applies to the off-airport responders. Most airports are going to at least somewhat rely upon outside agencies. Um, so those agencies have to understand what their role is, what equipment they should be bringing, how many personnel they should be bringing you know, where their standby locations are and what they're expected to do once they're brought on scene. Um if if they're not prepared for that, that's gonna make a more of a challenge uh than it really needs to be. So having a good strong uh airport emergency plan and making sure that we are properly training everybody that's in there uh beyond our triennial is gonna be important. Um again making sure our, our apparatus is in working order, it's equipped and our staff is comfortable with it. Uh, they've got lots of times behind the wheel, and they know how that how that particular apparatus operates is going to be uh, very important. And all that comes through with a, a solid training plan. If you have a
1: solid training plan, um, you can overcome a lot of these these things to make sure that we're ready to handle the emergency. And you mentioned, you know, the different elements needed to, you know, take care of one of these emergency situations, such as the usage of foam. Now, there's been a lot of uh, challenges with the usage of foam, I know, with iron, environmentally mm-hmm. and that. So how do crews prepare for using this type of tool and, you know, the special considerate considerations they need to have in order to mitigate some of these uh, concerns that are out there? Well, the first thing crews need to to make sure they understand the
0: properties of F and and the proper application techniques. Uh we don't just roll up and just start spraying foam just for the sake of spraying foam. There's proper application techniques um and and typically we're going to train our airport firefighters on the different techniques and how they're going to be effective. Uh so based on what you're seeing as you're as you're approaching that emergency and you're doing your your 360, you can see where the, the emergency is taking place, where the hazard is, and what application technique you're gonna use in order to mitigate that, that emergency. And um, again, also along with that is agent conservation. Don't just spray all the agent just to spray all the agent. It's apply as you're darkening down that fire, as you're getting that good foam blanket, and you're knocking it down, creating that rescue path. You know, there's times where if we have, if we did our insulate, isolate, and extinguish, Maybe we can just hold fast, and we're just going to protect that rescue path. to Make sure we're getting all those passengers and crew off off the aircraft, and then we can go for uh, complete extinguishment afterwards. Um, but it's important to make sure that we're not just dumping all of the foam just to dump all the foam. Again, with the environmental hazards that we're we're facing uh, with the use of foam, we want to use those not only just because we want to protect the environment. We want to make sure we have enough foam. If we have a flare-up, we want to be able to fight again. Uh, and if we just use our entire Um, our entire cache of of agent, we're out of the fight, Um, and with smaller, you know, like an Index B airport, we might not have help right away, so we have to be smart about how we're using it, Um, and then, and again, making sure that we're applying the way that we're attacking the fire, but we're not doing unnecessary harm to the environment. And then, of course, airports also need to have a, a plan. Uh, how are we going to, um, I guess, consolidate that and do a cleanup afterwards? Um, how are we going to document where the foam was used and how much the foam, how much foam was used, and what is our cleanup procedure
1: going to look like? Um, that while we're still using this this agent, we we do need to have a plan for that. Now, proper equipment maintenance is key to responding to any airfield incident. Which elements of ARF equipment maintenance are the most important to ensure proper response? And how can improper maintenance create some extra challenges for crews? Sure, I mean, truck maintenance is gonna be critical. Um, A solid preventive maintenance
0: program is gonna reduce um, our equipment issues and ensure that our apparatus is always ready to respond. Uh, The way we train here at the ATW ARF Training Center, we teach our students day one, do your daily checks every day you're doing inspection you're inspecting your equipment to make sure it's there and it's 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 working you're doing your normal checks just in the dailies are are kind of a a quick once over Um, making sure that we don't have any obvious issues Um, and at least weekly you should be doing an operational checks an operational check is going to be actually getting behind the wheel rolling out maybe even doing an airfield inspection while you're doing this Um, bring up your pump Bring out your turrets, exercise the turrets, make sure you're going from a fog to a straight stream, make sure every little system works. When we, If we catch it when it's a small little issue, easy to fix and we can still respond. If the truck isn't touched for a while at a time and these systems aren't run and we have an issue, then if we have to respond, we may get on scene and realize that, oh, you know what, my roof turret is is sticky and I can't seem to get to the pattern I wanna get to because the, the, uh, the turret won't go to a fog. Um you know, doing those those weekly checks is gonna be important. And then beyond that, uh your your airport maintenance crew or whoever it is that does your your um apparatus maintenance should be doing probably quarterly checks over thing and then your your annual or hourly uh, inspections and fluid checks and that kind of stuff, making sure that everything's ready to go, everything's working. Um that helps us be able to respond and know that our capabilities are still what we expect them to be. Um Of course if we don't properly maintain it it's higher likelihood that we're going to have a failure uh, before or during an incident and that's that's something we definitely don't want to have happen obviously so and this goes beyond just the truck checks this goes beyond this goes to if we have any other equipment you know um, airbags or you know jaws of life sort of thing um, personal protective equipment those should be getting checked on a routine uh, schedule to make sure that those are in working order and ready
1: for response as well. So then tell me about the crews when it comes to the training attributes of an ARF team. Uh, what should they be handling on a regular basis outside of just, you know, preparing for annual certifications? I mean, is what can they be doing on grounds to make sure they're prepared for an emergency incident?
0: Sure. Um, I think the, a really important thing is airfield familiar, familiarization.
1: Again, know where
0: our trucks can go and where they can't. Most ARF apparatus, they're all wheel drive vehicles, they're made for going off road, they're not, they don't just have to stay on the hard pack. Um, knowing where we can where we can take them off the hard pack, where we cannot, um, our different access routes, uh, things of that nature are gonna be really helpful for us to response, because again, we can't expect to have 360 degree access to these emergencies, there's gonna be times where we're gonna have to take a slightly different route. We have to make sure that the route we're taking is safe for us and the apparatus, so we don't, again, take ourselves out of the fight by, you know, getting getting stuck in the mud or, or something to that effect, right? Um, along with that, the area outside, you know, we call it outside the fence, um, outside the, the airport grounds. Unfortunately, sometimes these incidents are not happening in airport grounds. They're happening out in a cornfield or in the woods or in a swamp, and we have to have a plan of how are we going to get to that area, what can we do in that area, and again, who else is going to come in to, to help us out and then train with those folks. Um, Other really important ones that I think that go above and beyond just our normal, you know, the FAA topics in our annual live fire, um, turret operations. Getting to, getting your your folks familiar with turret operations. Um, When I was still in our department, you know, we used to do during our operational tracks, even in the middle of winter, we would find a tree or some kind of target, somewhere where we're not gonna make a mess and it's not gonna cause a problem, but we would practice doing pump and roll operations Fire up the, the pump, start spraying water, try to hit a tree, a rock, what have you. Some cones out in a open area. Try to get that, that water in that area while you're moving. Um, it's a good skill to build on because that's something that we often are going to have to do on a scene is be able to multitask and be able to pump and roll. And it's an acquired skill. It's not something that just happens. Um, so that's an important one as well. Um, Again, training with any kind of hand tools or power tools, if you have them equipped, you should always know how well your equipment is going to work uh, before there's an emergency. We shouldn't be trying to learn um, <laughs> during an emergency, obviously. Um, forward-looking infrared is a, a, a big one that is newer for some airport firefighters. Um, how we're gonna use that while we're responding is gonna be important. I mean, we can use those to spot potential uh, victims that are outside the aircraft, uh, where their evacuation route is, in the event that we have limited visibility or, or darkness. Uh, we might be able to see those heat signatures, those people moving away from the plane. Well, now we know that that area is kind of out of play for us. We gotta protect that route, but we're not gonna be able to drive through that road. Um, and then of course we can use it to you know, spot fires, um, heat signatures from debris, that sort of thing as well. Um, additional training with uh, high reach extendable turrets is always gonna be a good idea. Um, you know, we wanna make sure that we are, if we have that equipped on our ARF apparatus that we're uh, comfortable with using it, knowing its capabilities um, and on and off airport. So, and then of course, if the ARF department has the, as part of their mission, uh, leaving the truck, doing hand line operations or doing uh, entry operations, those should be practiced as often as possible. You know, donning your equipment, pulling that hose line, making entry into that, that aircraft and extinguishing a fire. And there's lots of different ways to do that without a training aircraft, um, but repetition on that
1: is gonna build those, that muscle memory. And you'll be able to respond more confidently and quickly. So there's lots of different training programs out there for ARF teams uh, that are provided like organizations like yourself. What are some of the specialty training programs that airports of all sizes should consider enrolling their ARF crews in to make sure they have the suspir- mm-hmm. suspir- superior skills in order to be able to address these emergency situations? Um, I think number one would be a driver operator program.
0: Uh, not necessarily having to be a 40-hour program uh, like what you do for like ISAC or Pro Board certification, uh, but some kind of driver operator program. Something where they are learning not only how the truck's operating, get familiar with the controls, uh, but learning how to properly position on, on an emergency. You'll know, be able to quickly factor in all the hazards that they're they're seeing, the access issues that they're seeing, getting good proper position to build, protect that rescue path, to facilitate evacuation and rescue if necessary. Um, learning how to drive, you know, to one of these emergencies in a safe manner. Safe driving is very very important with these types of apparatus because they're they're a little bit top heavy and they they do unfortunately sometimes their accidents do happen during response um, or even just timed response uh, during a, a training exercise. So knowing the capabilities and how um, these, these apparatus are gonna behave, again, using the turrets, learning how to pump and roll or power modulate into different positions to be able to protect the rescue path and then go for extinguishment, um, is gonna be really good uh, training. And it's, it's something that it's almost a perishable skill. If you don't practice it, you're not going to get, you're not gonna be as good with it uh, real world, right? Uh, so we want to practice that as often as we can, and again, that's something that in my career we always try to always almost incorporate into our weekly operations checks. We can always do a little drill here and there, but it's easy to set up scenarios like that on an airfield um, with your own crew and just say, "Hey, we're going to go down this taxiway. We're going to set up cones off in this this area, in a safe area. We just want you to drop water from the bumper turret into that into those cones. You know, hit the square as you're moving by it." Uh, little things like that build a lot of not only skill but also confidence. Um, another thing that that could be uh, useful for everybody in airport firefighting is uh, command training and communication training. Again, doing tabletop exercises. Same, we have X Y Z aircraft with this many uh, people on board, and this is the, um, the scenario that we're facing. What do we do? Do a walk through, a talk through, and then maybe even be able to do a scenario. Uh, is going to be very helpful for everyone when they're responding. Again, building that confidence up is going to be um, instrumental in them being able to respond quickly and confidently to uh, one of these situations. Uh, And then, of course, there's other advanced uh, training beyond our normal uh, Part 139 training that could be, you know, looking at the variety of aviation incidents, you know, the kind of stuff that we could get um, beyond what we normally would be uh, considering, um, say, military aircraft coming in. Um, or rotorcraft coming in. That if, even if we don't normally get a lot of helicopters, you know, thinking about what would what we would do if we did have an incident with involving one of those aircraft. Again, entry and rescue is something that we don't get to train on as often as as we'd like to. Um, so finding a way to be able to do that is 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 great. Uh, cargo incidents. Again, cargo is getting more and more prevalent. It seems uh, with with more and more people, you know, doing their shopping and their buying online. Things are getting shipped around more, so cargo seems to be kind of expanding a bit. Uh, so being prepared for more possibility of, of cargo, of incidents with cargo planes, is going to be um, a great thing. And one big thing that's unfortunately doesn't always get to happen because of a variety of factors, but training with your mutual aid or your automatic aid, making sure that you know the local fire department is going to come in, know what their role is. You know, they, we want them to respond and say, okay, this is what our role is, this is what equipment we're bringing, this is what we're going to be expected to do, um, this is who we're going to interface with. Uh, letting them practice that as well and get comfortable with their role as well is going to make this the response go even better. Um, again, those are just off the top of my head the, the big things that
1: I would emphasize on in my training program. And my last question for you today, after a major incident occurs, like we've seen recently, um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it garners a lot of headlines in the in the press and it starts to get on everybody's mind. So with that in mind, what should airports and ARF crews be thinking about now to make sure their teams are going to be up to the task of responding to an incident uh, if it were to happen at their facility? Well, one of the things about these, these headline grabbing incidents is it is an opportunity,
0: as, as unfortunate as they are, It is an opportunity for us to be able to kind of look within and say, um, hey, if that happened here, what would we have done? You know, how would we have responded to that incident? That's that size, that type of aircraft with that many people on board with that presenting that kind of emergency. How would we have responded? You know, look at our equipment and our staffing. You know, look at our our plan. Would our plan have worked? Uh, What adjustments we would have had to make? Um, And then we can go from there. We can make improvements. Uh, on our on our training or on our our equipment, based on what we've seen work and what we've seen have not worked. Um, again, just looking at them and saying, hey, if that happened here, could we have handled it? If we couldn't, what can we do to get better? If we believe we could, okay, what if you know change the scenario a little bit? What if there had been more people on board? What if there had been hazardous material um, or cargo, something to that effect? You know, just kind of tweak things around and kind of look at it and say, what can we do to make ourselves better? Make sure that our personnel equipment are ready to go and just trying to consistently
1: get better, um, more prepared for that response. Ben, it's been a pleasure talking today. Uh, Really appreciate your time and a lot of great information that you've been able to provide for our listeners on this episode. Well, thank you. Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. For the latest ARF information, please make sure to check out our website, AviationPros.com, along with our magazine, Airport Business Also, if you enjoy the Aviation Pros podcast, please make sure to rate and review and also subscribe to hear the latest episode. I'm Joe Petrie. Thanks again for joining us today.